Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Do The Thing Dating Experiment. This is your host, Stacey Lauren. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Okay, here we go. You guys are going to get to meet someone that (laughs) I met when I was doing a comedy workshop to do a stand-up comedy routine. And she was one of the people in the group and did a performance (laughs) as we're all sitting there in awe our jaws on the floor of how amazing and inspirational she is as a person. And since then, we've gotten to know each other. And I'm even helping her start a podcast, which she has already started, which is really exciting. And we've just been talking about what she is looking for in a partner and that next step in life and being able to really own where you're at and bringing in the right person, because that's so important as you learn about yourself and as you have these life experiences, is really getting to know what you want and being able to realize how expansive life is and how you're able to show up differently than in the past and all the new things that can come from that. So I'm just so excited to get a chance to talk to her and wanted to welcome Meg to the show. Hey, Meg. Hey, hey, Stacy! here we go again. Here we go. Oh, yeah, for the listeners, I interviewed Meg on the Do The Thing podcast. And so it's exciting to be able to do this on the new podcast as well and kind of get to know you in a different way. Well, and also for me, what I'm so struck by is I think I've crossed your path. But <laughs> I don't know, however, however many months ago it was, and now I feel like you're at warp speed. I mean, I keep we keep finding new ways to connect and in such a rather short period of time. I'm just so struck by that. And I actually trust that you and I were meant to cross paths big time. Big yeah, time. it's so cool. It's it's really neat. I was just mentioning to you before we started and I was like, oh, I just remembered I had just said on my last interview that I was only going to interview people that have done a do the thing challenge. And you're not on Facebook yet, or you just got on Facebook now. So you haven't done a specific challenge, but we already had the interview scheduled. And what's cool about that is I was like, well, technically you've done the challenge. You just haven't done it in the way that everyone else has. We met, you you signed up for the comedy workshop. You're getting up there. You're performing in front of this group of people, just like I was. You came over my house. We helped you start your podcast. Since then, you've done a couple interviews. And I feel like you've done your own do the thing challenge in a different way and been able to really just light your own fire in that way. And now I'm excited to help you now that you're on Facebook and get connected to the community and we can we can explore even more. Yeah, though you're just reminding me of something my guidance counselor in high school said, Meg, you clearly are one of those people that just marches to the beat of your drum. (laughs) Conforming has not been my strong suit, but thank you for that acknowledgement. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I just tend to do my own way until I'm not able to do that. And then I partner up. So thank you. Yeah. So I'd love to just hear why you decided to say yes to doing this podcast. And I think it's almost even you asked me. I don't even know if I even asked you specifically, which was cool. I think you just said you I think I shared that I was doing this new podcast. And then you said you wanted to come on. And I'm just curious what struck you in that way to be able to do that. Oh, my God. Where do I begin? So I would say the the primary thing is that I'm adjusting to a new world, coming out of a long-term 33-year marriage and now being, I call myself a party of one. I'm not a fan of the word single, don't like the word divorced. Too much negative stuff has been assigned to that. Plus, I really want to create some new language for people 
who find themselves, especially back out in these waters of what people call dating, I call it crossing paths. I, I, I don't see people dating that much. But again, I'm a child of the 50s, and dating back in those days especially was all about encountering someone in some other social gathering, and then phone numbers being exchanged, and then pretty much the guy taking charge and calling and eventually asking for a date, then really coming to pick you up and then spend money. So I'm so struck by how that is in such short supply based on my experience as this new person who's out there in the third act of life. I, I will claim my age. My body's age is 71, although I live by my spirit's age and she's 45. And it's been an interesting paradox to have your body do one thing, but your spirit say something else. But it's just this world of being out there, mixing, mingling, dating, for those that still want to use that word. It's it's just so radically different. And I think in pictures. And so the simplest one I've come up with is when I was back in my 20s out in the world, I felt like I had walked into a restaurant that or it was like a buffet or a smorgasbord. There was just this big range of people, in this case, men, all different types, sizes, shapes, and forms. I didn't know what the hell I wanted. I just knew I was hungry. So I would sample. I spent a lot of years just sampling items from the buffet. And now that I'm in this third act, a la 71 years on the planet, I'm like, no, 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 Meg. This now really needs to be a very, very specific, specialized menu that you work from. It's no more buffet. You're done with the experimenting. You're done with the sampling. It comes back to what is your appetite? What really feeds you? As a woman who enjoys the company of men, and I think the biggest thing is just giving up language. The words out there are companion, partner, friend, lover, friend with benefits, boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm just, I'm not using those words anymore. So I'm curious to learn and also to really hold myself much more accountable for my own appetite and my own hunger. I'd love to also just have you share with the people listening more about you and kind of what you've been up to just in life? Oh, in life. Well, I'm still engaged in meaningful work, even though the culture says, hang up your, <laughs> hang up your whatever. I'm not retired and I have no intention to retire. And that's really largely because I discovered at a young age, 16 to be exact, that I wanted to be of service. And that led me into social work. And over those 40 years, that's led me into many endeavors. I've had my own counseling business, had my own radio show, had my own newspaper column, and then got recruited many years ago to shut down my business and get on these military behavioral health contracts, Army, Navy, Air Force. And that's what's engaged me the last 12 years professionally. I've now restarted up my private practice again which I'm happy to say is, is by request. I've got old clients from back in the Midwest that said, I, I want you back on my team. So that's really been quite an honor. 
I'm not building an empire anymore. But it's nice just to can continue to be engaged in, in what you love, which is really what it's all about. So that's how I spend my time professionally. And as you and I met, I discovered that I have a frustrated entertainer, performer, something that resides inside my body. <laughs> and I didn't know that till I signed up for an acting class a little over a year ago. And then from that, that led me to the comedy class. And now I'm going to sign up for an improv class. So I, again, I cannot emphasize that one of the beautiful things to me about the third act is that if you give yourself permission just to look back and go, what were some things that brought me joy? Because I did two years of improv in Chicago and loved it, loved it. Husband at the time, didn't love it. So I chose to just shut that down. And so I'm exploring my creative juice again. But what's nice is that not only am I not being squished by somebody, I, I'm not squishing myself. And I am also not pursuing this to make a fortune. That is the part that I really love. Because mm -hmm. everything I've done has been other than a joy and meaningful work, it's also been, you know, to keep the money coming in. Mm -hmm. And especially being in the third act, not retiring, not wanting to be on a fixed income, just keep money coming in, but not in a driven way or a pressurized way. So I'm having a blast. Then you are really a representative of kind of what I've been really working on with Do The Thing is I started this out really in the challenges doing a dating challenge, right? And we did that a few times. Right. And then what happened was I started to notice that people were dating, but they weren't feeling good 100% inside. And I really wanted to then do more personal growth challenges to get them at this higher level internally. So then they'd be able to, when they met someone, meet someone at that level. And you mentioned it before. It's like, so then if someone doesn't like something you're doing, you're so high on yourself in terms of how you feel in the life that you're living that you're not even, you're going to shut that down because you're not going to allow anyone kill your dream. And so I think it's really cool hearing you say that because I feel like that's where you're at now. It's like you're in this expansive place. The world yes. is yours and whoever can meet you can be at that place, but you're not going to let anyone bring you down. That's it. It's interesting. For the first time, thank you for that acknowledgement. I see what you see and what I get tickled by is I'm a stickler for words. And as a therapist for so long, I really would tell my clients, you're really paying me. You don't really know this, but you're paying me to hang on every word you use because your words tell me about what's going on on the inside, inside. And so being a believer in that, I really noticed my word choices have dramatically expanded in the last several years since leaving a married life. And the word that's popping up regularly is, I am unstoppable. Mm. And that's how I feel. So yes, yeah, someone could come in and go, well, that's weird. Or, and I get this, well, why are you doing that? And inside I go, <laughs> yeah, well, that list is long. And it tells me something about how maybe threatened they might be or how limited in their thinking they might be. And that's fine. That's fine. It's not necessarily a deal breaker, but if anybody now, yes, poo-poos or, you know, I'm trying to say, it just kind of interferes 
they will not be in my circle. And, and no, no judgment. No, they just, they're not going to be included. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. And that's where, so that's one of the pieces of the do the thing formula is it's called, so the formula is I'm game and the M in I'm game is my people. And my people are the people that you surround yourself with that want the same things as you and that will then give you the community and the connectedness you need to do the things that you want. And then they're not calling you crazy for wanting to do something. <laughs> that's, <laughs> makes exactly them. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And I look back now and that's why so many people, which I understand, but it was very easy for people to, when they got a little familiar with my story and, the, and then the piece around the two years of improv and former partner didn't celebrate that. A lot of people want to latch on to that about him and trash him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't about what he did. It's something I clearly noticed. What to me is significant is how I responded. My response was, oh, I better close this up and put this on the shelf. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to fly. And that's the shift now. It's like, oh, okay, well, I understand how come I did that. And that part of me, that acquiescing, that that type of submissiveness, that type of not rock the boat. Oh, she's retired. She's the part that's retired. I'd love to hear about this guy that is listening right now and you want to meet. What future partner do you want to bring into your life? Who is he? Oh, he is playful. Oh, he he loves every ride in an amusement park. He wants to get on the swings. He wants to get on the teeter-totter. He wants to get on the slide. He will say yes. Yes is in his vocabulary when it comes to play, adventure, exploration. And, and that's both in the form of real activities you know, now I moved down to San Diego just a little over a year ago. So this is a new playground for me. I've not lived on a coast. I've lived mostly inland. So I feel like I've died and gone to heaven. And I I want that person to have that same excitement. It doesn't have to be limited to San Diego. It's not geographical. It's just about life and how one is using their time and their space. I came up with a mantra not long after I came down here. Another another thing I noticed, oh, I work hard, but I play harder. And yeah, I cannot say enough about that word. I cannot say enough about that's it. And it's interesting because as that got clear to me, let's see, this is now, yeah, we're in the spring. So that got really clear to me late last fall. And as the universe would have it, a uh, couple of them are finding me. <laughs> and I just cannot emphasize, though, how dramatically evolved that is of me because I'm not using the language or the criteria that I did in my 20s, which is build something with somebody. I'm not, I'm not into building. No, I'm into sharing, imparting, flow back and forth back and forth mm -hmm. i'm just done with the boxes i'm done with the labels i'm done i'm just done and that has been challenging because that's how a lot of people and i understand think 
Yeah. Like, well, what are you what are you looking for? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, I, I'm close to becoming homicidal around that question. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, my comeback now is, you know what? I'm not looking. Truthfully, I'm not looking. I'm putting myself out there. Uh, That's my part. And I have a trust and a faith. I've got my little compass, playful as one. The second piece in this person is, and it's a buzzword, I got emotionally intelligent, that they have enough insight and are willing to share that as part of the back and forth. This thing will tell me something about yourself. Or rather than, well, my favorite food is this, and my favorite color is that, and my favorite vacation. No, 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 no. Tell me, really tell me, what puts a smile on your face and or what pisses you off? (laughs) I mean, take me there, because I live there most of the time. I've had to soften, dial down the expectation, but just be on the path. Be on the path. I've been on this path for too long, uh, too long, too long in the sense that this was not part of what my generation was about. I just happened to be a maverick and I got on the path of self-examination at the tender age of 27 and haven't stopped. So I don't expect someone to have started when I started, but but make sure you're at least on the road. <laughs> Otherwise, now this this intersection will not happen. And I love that you care about that idea of what pisses them off, because that really helps you get in tune with what their values are and what what's so important to them. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that connection point of being able to honor the person when they're upset about something, because yes. that's such a great way to get to know who that person is. Yes. Yes, that's very true. Well, again, It's about just taking some of the taboos and the stigmas that have been assigned around knowing ourselves, seeing that we really are imperfect beings who still have a lot going for us and have a a strong sense of divinity within us. And also, you know, there's a gender piece here. Historically, men have hidden a lot of their pain, sadness, fear behind anger. And the flip has been true for women. We have hidden a lot of our anger behind sadness and fear. And so I am very okay with anybody being ticked off and being loud about that without it being abusive. Uh Uh-huh. Distinction. I'm also... Mm-hmm. I love comforting people. And I, I, if a guy can cry with me, wow. Wow. They're going to get nothing but TLC from me. Mm-hmm. Nothing but that. And I'm sure it's, again, it's chicken and egg, which came first, Meg. You've been a therapist. But I came out of my mother's womb this way. I, I, I know it now. And the career path was just a reflection of what was really my essence, which is, again, to serve, to comfort, to attend, to be emotionally open and available. How would you like to handle conflict in this relationship? You know, I call it the C word. I know it's the word that's been used the most. For me, I I just see it as tension. I just see conflict is the, is the street word 
for tension. There is a tension that has risen between two people. And how do they handle tension? And tension can be something somebody's needing that they're not asking for. More times than not, in my collective experience, personally and professionally, conflict is usually between a man and a woman a lot about power mm-hmm. and and power struggle. And so somebody or both parties really wanting their way around something and that that's the collision. So again, I, I've got a lot of miles under me in terms of it all begins with an observation. You know, I notice and then just fill in the blank, mm-hmm. whatever that is, and, and put it out there and, and watch that response. And if in what I notice, I, I'm triggered, I, I, I struggle with what I notice. Well, I'll give you an example. There was a guy weeks ago that made a very unpleasant comment about his former wife, mm-hmm. and I just could not shake that. And so I left the evening and I filed it and I came back, which was smart. Not everything has to be spoken in the moment. Mm -hmm. But I came back and I just said, you know, I noticed you referred to your former wife as, and it was a really ugly name. And I said, I'm struggling with that harshness. That was harsh. That was harsh. And, And it makes me wonder, is it, are you just still that befuddled by the marriage ending? Like, what is this about? Yeah. What does this say? And I was not surprised. He was not able to respond. He was shocked. He's like, did I say that? I said, yeah, you did. Because I think a lot of people are not, you know, paying that level of attention, which is fine. So I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. In the event we see each other again, I'm going to circle back to this ranch. Because that's a big question yeah. for Because it says something about you or her or the two, whatever. So that's my example. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I love, too, when you bring it up, you get to see what their response is. Because then if they get yes. defensive, then that goes back to that emotionally intelligent thing you mentioned earlier. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's how I'm serving myself now. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to find something out about somebody. What do you think is hard for people to see about you when they're meeting you for the first time? What? Oh, I, I can tell you that without skipping a beat, because I've had now one, two, three, four, five men openly, quickly make this comment. Wow. You make friends easily. Wow. People people know you. Wow. Look at you. You you call everybody by their first name. Look at you. Talk to the server in a way. Oh my God. It's again, it's that that love for humanity. It's the first thing that's out there. And again, I look back and see that I kept parts of my friendliness on some pretty short leashes. And I'm sure that was I'm sure. I'm not sure of anything. I suspect that that was partly tied to my profession and having my business Mm -hmm. accoutrements there. 
polished, soft, more observant. And I think that just, I know it got reinforced by the man that I chose to be married to. And so now it's like, no, my line is I'm a lover. I'm just a lover. And I now openly express that everywhere I go. And it's it's right there now. It's right there. And to have this, and again, it helps to be in a new area. People don't know me. They don't know my story. They don't know my history. So to get this kind of commentary and feedback immediately yeah. says, oh, girl, oh, girl. You are the most congruent you have ever been. What's going on on the inside is now matching. Isn't that great? The outside. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that when it's like what you think, what you say, and what you feel is all aligned. It's so great. Yes. Yeah. So that, but it's, I'll go to my grave attracting my opposite, my opposite in terms of Myers Briggs personality. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. Every freaking guy is an introvert. And to what degree? is the part that's interesting. So, so far, I know I've attracted introverts and they're not to the extreme because they're they're noticing that, but they don't seem to be intimidated by it. Right. If, if they were really, really smart, they'd go, hell, I'd like to ride this train. I mean, if, 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 they, if they could learn, if they're interested, they could learn yeah. a lot of social skills from me, but that's that's for them. Yeah, that's a whole other episode on the Do the Thing yes. podcast. I would love to do that. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> I'd love to hear what your just your ideal date would be with somebody. Oh my God. I don't see, I don't even think of that language anymore. But let me see if I could well, I tell you what, that's interesting. I was out with a gentleman over the past weekend, and he's asked already to see me this coming weekend, which I haven't had that happen. And I'm like, wow, okay. And so what came to me as we were saying our goodbyes, we know a little bit of some of the things that we enjoy individually and together. Dancing is a big thing. But he said, you know, he started to kind of move in that, well, what do you think we ought to do? And I looked at him, I said, I tell you what, you go to your corner, I'll go to mine. We'll talk, we're actually talking this evening. And I said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to co-create a play date. He's like, well, well, what does that mean? I said, you come to the phone call tonight with ideas, at least three, and I'll come with three. And let's see what recipe mm-hmm. we create. So, and here's the other thing that shifted. I don't like doing just one thing. I like to do a couple of things in the course of a gathering maybe even three. So dancing is usually a big part of it. I love live music. That goes as far back as me in high school. And my father told me, Meg, you got rhythm. Can't say that about the rest of the kids. So I hope you honor that. And I I do honor that. It feeds my soul. It also is a great stress release for me. And I like movement. So that definitely for me is a is a big part of gathering with someone. I also just like to throw in, whether it's a new restaurant, something new. Yeah. Just something new. And I like to follow. That's partly why I left that evening with him and said, you come to the table with some ideas. And I would imagine that the likelihood, well, the one thing I already know about it that I've never done, he's a hiker. And that fascinates me. And I know nothing about that world. 
And that, I don't know that that'll be what he brings, but either which way, I know that's something that I'm going to look into <laughs> with or without it. It's great. And that's what I like. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. And I love that. I like, I think you like the new idea doing multiple things and then also just not having to be the one that either he's making all the decisions or you are. You're being able to kind of see how you guys work together, which I love. I love that idea. Yes. Okay. I have another question and feel free to change the language because I'd love to hear how you want to reframe it. But I also just kind of want to know what would be your dream date. And by dream date, it could be a weekend, a week. I'm just kind of curious without money, without time, what would that dream look like for you with the partner? Oh, Oh, what I would lean absolutely towards is a getaway weekend, whether it's leave on a Friday, come back Sunday, or leave Saturday morning, come back Sunday night. Again, that right now is so tied to me living in Southern California, which is new, it's young. And if one more person tells me, Meg, you're only a two-hour drive from snow, from the desert, (laughs) from this and the that. Well, that's great. I don't know that. Geography has not ever been my strong suit. So mine would be all about exploration. Now, I don't know if what I'm about to say falls in the category of too much information. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, I'll say it. I had become fascinated and I've done it once already. And I I, I believe it's going to get more time. I am fascinated with nude resorts. Mm. I took myself to one by myself, which still blows me away for a long weekend in the Sacramento area. And I found a new love. And it's interesting. It's interesting because it has nothing to do, again, with what most people associate that with, which is sex, something physical, something erotic. No, I bonded with Mother Nature. Hmm. This particular resort was clothing prohibited meaning you could pack your clothes, but you wear them when you're inside your hotel. Once you leave your room, that's it. Butt naked. And so I was outdoors. I swam. I played basketball. I did a hot tub. I did archery. I I got on the lake. I did as many activities as I could just in my own skin. And I came back transformed from that. So that's that would that would be something I would I'd probably pick another resort, assuming the guy was open to that. I I none of these men that I've encountered yet know that about me. I it's gonna get floated because I'm gonna see what that stirs up when they find out that I've done it and that I intend to do it again and I would welcome a partner with it. Yeah. And I love that you share that because I think it shows exactly where you're at right now in your life, where you're just open to new experiences. You're getting to know yourself more and what makes you feel alive. And then the fact that you went, you kept an open mind and you liked it. And then you mentioned the mother nature piece. I think it just shows how that congruent piece is really there. We had someone in our group, she went to a speed dating tantra event and she did a Facebook live the Sunday after it. And she pretty much was saying how a lot of people think Tantra is about sex, but she was talking about it being more about energy and your heart connecting with another. And I think it's really important for people when they hear these new things. I don't say I'm not saying you have to do it, you guys. I'm just saying keep your mind open because who knows, you might do one thing related to that and realize that you really like it and then do another thing. And then it kind of keeps opening up until you really find 
the things that make you most alive. So I think that's that's something that's really coming up as you're as you're talking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a surprise to me, and I really want to make that clear to your audience. It was a huge surprise to me to come out of that weekend and those tribal circle of women that are in my life, they're all living through me vicariously. They didn't wait until <laughs> I got back and and they jumped on a Zoom call. So what was it like? What was it like? And I said, get ready. My takeaway was I literally felt the closest to the divine that I've ever felt in my life. The creator of this beautiful planet, universe, to have all of my senses engaged and not ever, and I love clothes. Oh my God, do I love clothes. But I did not appreciate and fully grasp that that is also a barrier. Yeah. It can be. And it was for me until the weekend. So, I mean, I've danced around my apartment naked a long time. So I think the indicator was there. Yeah. Uh, But to be indoors is one thing. And to be outdoors, gallivanting around these acres and doing these various things that one would go, well, why would you pick up a bow and arrow and be naked? I mean, that's a little dicey. But it was fabulous. Everything was fabulous. I'd love to hear what your kind of just normal day looks like. What's your typical day? And what do you kind of do for downtime? Sorry, I'm laughing because I I get so many people that say, and this is another, again, back to my word stickler. Yeah. And I get the word that continues to, Meg, you're so busy. And I go, no, I used to be busy. I gave up busy in my 40s when I realized that my busyness, my filling up my life, my calendar leaving no openings was my way of of not trusting what I would be like with just myself. It was a complete and utter avoidance of connecting with myself. I said, so the new word is engaged. I'm engaged. And what gets my time I would say, because there is no such thing as perfection, 90% of the time really has, it's connected to some part of me, whether it's spirit, my heart, whatever. So that's important. I'm engaged. And I'm also in a new area. So again, when weekends come, I'm all about picking a couple of things to go to, to try out. But I must say, I, I don't, I mean, I work Monday through Thursday. I tend to lean towards the 10-hour days because I like I like long weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But my work is split in twofold. I've got projects connected to Navy currently, and I've got a project that's connected to a San Diego hospice group. That's what I would call my formal, more traditional social work stuff that comes from 40 years, which I bring a lot of a lot of experience in both of these projects really want that. They don't want some fresh kid. So that's where it's nice to be in the third act and to be wanted. And then the other time I have my Zoom counseling practice with people across the country. I'm licensed in three states. So my clients are largely from Arizona, Illinois, and Missouri. I do have some California clients, yet 
it's not positioned as therapy. It's more educational because I'm not licensed in California and I'm a woman of integrity. So I just keep it more skill-based and more education-oriented, which is different different model that I was trained in. So yeah, then outside of that, I'm a cooking, not aficionado, but I cook because I'm challenged by it. So I usually have one or two guests in my apartment each month so I could cook up a storm for them. And then I bake. I've adopted two homeless men in my neighborhood that I feed every week. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I've got this creative new thing going on with acting, entertaining, performing again. And as you know, the podcast is really part of that as well. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does that sound full to you? Yeah. I would love to hear what do you want to bring into a relationship? Permission. Permission. I I want to be known as just one big green light. Hmm. And that you you get to be who you are as much as I am being who I am. And all is welcome. All is welcome. I, the one thing that I'm the actually really the most proud of, now I'm going to cry. Uh, yeah, is I've heard this for, let me see, do the math, Meg. I've heard this for 56 years. I've had so many people, so many people, look at me and say, you are the most non-judgmental human I've ever met. That is my yaya. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that's that's clear. And what I know about that is when that's not part of the mix, most people, unless they're truly, truly shut down and truly, truly inhibited, most people will not take advantage, that sounds too negative, but will will respond to that, will open up some part of themselves that they're not accustomed to opening up with with anybody or especially a woman. The other thing I got I, I gotta say is there's a blessing and a curse with being in the field of well-being is what I call it, and especially for as long as I have been. And if I had been paid a penny, over these 40 years, every time someone said, oh, are you going to analyze me? I, I would go, oh, God. If I just got paid for every time that got said to me, <laughs> I'd be wealthy. But that aside, so I had to come up with a comeback. And this just this happens in the dating world, meeting somebody new. What do you do? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a therapist, and, and that gets demonstrated in many capacities. And sure enough, it's always part of the getting to know you interlude. Oh, are you going to analyze me? And I've come back and I, and I look, I haven't had to do this in a while. Uh, must be attracting different men because these three guys that I've met haven't asked that. But prior, I'd say, listen, here's, here's how I roll. Let's just exchange Venmo right now. If you want me to, you got to pay me first. <laughs> and I'm not cheap. <laughs> and that shuts it all down. And that's when I come back and I say, listen, I'm off duty. I'm here to play and feed my soul. Yeah. And that's it. With that, I'd love to hear what you want someone to bring into your life. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I I love being nudged to notice something else about myself that has gone mm-hmm. under the radar. 
So I like a person to detect something and and put that out there. And I'm trying to think of an example. It, it happens a lot with my friendships with women, but I really welcome it from men. And and there's been a little bit of reticence there. I'm sure it'll eventually happen. But I welcome that. I had a girlfriend of mine a couple weeks ago. Meg, you are just so stubborn. God darn it. You can be so stubborn. And inside I went, yeah, I can. That's that little dark side, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd like for a man to feel at ease in noticing my dark side mm-hmm. and 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 just just noticing it and then if it's if it's a problem in any way shape or form for them to speak to that yeah that that really that's a big deal yeah that's a big deal. okay meg it's time to talk to your your person that's out there listening and he's like man this girl she's on fire i want to be part of her third act how would you like him to reach out to you? And what would you like him to say when he reaches out to you? Well, I think it's so interesting what you, the words that you just dropped were exactly the words that I would love to hear. I'd love to get into your third act. I love that. They could put that as their first statement, <laughs> only statement, sign off on it, and that'll tell me a lot about them. That's it. I'd like to get into your third act because it's an exploration. There's no strings attached. There's no commitment. Come on. I mean, that's how that goes. But the personal email, if, if I was supposed to rattle it off now, okay. Yep. <laughs> Meg, M-E-G, love, L-U-V, life, L-I-F-E. No surprise there. Meg, love, life, <laughs> iCloud.com. And we'll put it in the show notes, too. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been just such a treat to get a chance to do this with you. Well, you just keep adding more memories to my life. (laughs) Thank you for your openness, your invitation, and listening to the beat of your drum. Because that's exactly what you're doing. Thank you. you. But again, thank you, Stacey. You're a kindred spirit. Thanks to the listeners for joining the Do The Thing Dating Experiment. And here's to meeting your person in a new way.